Today, Rinpoche clearly showed how the Bodhisattva requires a union of both method and wisdom to achieve his or her aim of Buddhahood. Without that union, Buddhahood is not possible. Okay, so uh, we're going to begin, um, it's around page 87 I'll, uh, in the English text. Welcome everybody to the Chen Rezig Tibetan Buddhist Center. Once again, we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, specifically the section in uh, training the mind on the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Uh, and now we're specifically in the section uh, which is entitled demonstrating that you will not become a Buddha by learning method, either method or wisdom separately. Uh, and that carries on from 86 to 87 uh, and, and onwards. So, um, Dene the Puik, the Dapi, Lala. What the number rules in the matter? Okay. The Dapi, Lala. Okay, so it looks like we're going to just start uh, at the opponent's position. So previously we went over the Chinese abbot Hashan's views. Uh, and there was a presentation of those views and then a response to those views. Uh, so we're going to just go over that one more time today. So that's where we're going to begin uh, in the opponent's position. Okay, so uh, basically what the view of Master uh, Hashan, the Chinese abbot, was that one needed to clear one's mind of all thoughts uh, completely, and that was the way, that was the path. And that the use of any thought whatsoever was actually a cause for cyclic existence, uh, because he felt that the thinking in general was, no matter if it was positive thinking or if it was negative thinking, was necessarily grasping at true establishment. And because it was necessarily grasping at true establishment, uh, Hashan negated it uh, and felt that a complete clearing of the mind itself was the pathway to freedom, and that uh, the use of any conceptual thoughts, be they virtuous thoughts or negative thoughts, uh, was uh, impeded one's goal of enlightenment, or it was a barrier uh, to one's goal of, of Buddhahood. Diesel. So this is where, where we're at now in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Lassar. Okay, so uh, 
Okay, so we have uh, this opponent's position. Uh, so it says, some persons like Chinese Hashan. Uh, so the meaning of this opening statement here uh, is that it's not only uh, the Chinese abbot, Master Hashan, who holds these views. Um, so here, Lama Tsongkhapa uh, is stating uh, that uh, there are some, there are others. It's not just the Master, master Hashan who holds this view of, of emptying the mind of thought uh, and so forth. So it goes on to say, uh, um, some persons like the Chinese uh, Hashan who have a mistaken idea about the path of the two types of the spirit of enlightenment say that any thought Non-virtuous thoughts, of course, but even virtuous thought ones bind us to cyclic existence. So its results do not transcend cyclic existence. It is like being tied up with a golden rope or with an ordinary rope, like white or dark clouds covering the sky, or like the pain from being bitten by a white or a black dog. Therefore, just setting your mind in a state that lacks any thought is the path to future Buddhahood. Such virtues as generosity and ethical discipline are taught for foolish people incapable of such meditation on the definitive emptiness. So here, what the point here of such meditation on the definitive emptiness, this is the emptiness that is taught by Master Hashan. So it's saying that once you've understood this idea that all thoughts are, are negative and that the emptying of the mind is what is, is meant, is the definitive truth. Once one has realized that this is accurate, um, then you know uh, that there's nothing further to, to, nowhere further to go. So it's saying <laughs> here, therefore, just setting your mind in a state that lacks any thought is the path to future Buddhahood. Uh, and just so for anyone who's new and not, has not seen this style before, uh, there's regularly in the Galut lineage and other lineages a presentation of the mistaken view that's commonly held by many. So the author will present the entire mistaken view uh, so that, it, it, you know, for accuracy, so it's not just a one-sided argument, uh, we'll, we'll posit the entire mistaken view uh, and then po posit a rebuttal. So everything that we're reading right now uh, just so everybody who's new knows, is what our school considers incorrect. Uh, but the, it's being laid out 
in terms for fairness sake uh, so that when there's a debate taking place it's not just one-sided so this is a translator's note but anyone who's new I wanted you to realize that what I'm reading now is incorrect is actually then going to be negated um, but it's a style that you find throughout this this tradition of, of, of debate that takes place uh, in the text because the, the, the leaders don't feel it's fair uh, to just posit your opinion and say it's right without showing the other's opinion and then just re and refuting it for its basis. Uh, so that's what's happening here. Um, so it's saying that uh, once you've had this view that Hashan holds, uh, uh, it says uh, the meditation on the definitive emptiness, to engage in those deeds after you have found the definitive would be like a king descending to a common status or like finding an elephant and then searching for its footprints. So this here is referring to uh, once you've learned this definitive truth, engaging in things like generosity and ethical discipline are pointless uh, because you've gone beyond that at this point. Uh, it, it says it'd be like a king descending to a common status or like finding an elephant and then searching for its footprints. Hashan attempts to prove this position uh, by citing from sutras 80 passages which extol the state of mind that lacks any thought. Okay. Okay. And the Hashan do you know Jeju Dioris? Jeju Dan Drusos, what about Hashan Kundre? Less so. Do Kebarendo, do Momodo, do Jeju Dane, and the Kurugu was Jay Ila Majibate, winning when it is. Less so. Dugu or is, Kundres. Less so. So here uh, it says, Hashan attempts to prove this position by citing from sutras 80 passages which extol the state of mind that lacks any thought. Um, so Hashan actually was a great scholar, uh, and, and this was his, um, uh, uh, one of his qualities, that he would be able to take his stance and then prove it by saying, it says it here in sutra. Um, and then he would quote many sutras to prove his point of view, which was uh, the, the state of mind that lacks any thought is emptiness. Um, so uh, he was uh, saying, here it's saying that uh, Hashan is trying to say that his presentation of emptiness is accurate because of the points that are made by the Buddha here, here, and here. And then in this case, it's the 80 passages. Um, uh, so because of his uh, scholastic aptitude, uh, he was able to back up um, his points of view with quotations. Deesa. <laughs> Two John Rinto Ponte Chetter Cheshu John 
Okay. <clears throat> so uh, we had then Hashan, the presentation of the Hashan view, uh, and now we'll have the rebuttal, um, the negation of that view. It says reply. Hashan saying, everything to do with method is not an actual path to Buddhahood. Uh, so his saying that by him saying that everything to do with method is not an actual path to Buddhahood is a tremendous denial of the conventional. And since he refutes analyzing with discerning wisdom the selfless reality that is at the heart of the conqueror's teaching, he banishes the system of the ultimate to the far distance. The great Bodhisattva Kamala Shila exceedingly, excellently refuted with a mass of scriptural citation and stainless reasoning this epitome of wrong views in which it is maintained that the sublime path consists of stabilizing the mind in a state that lacks any thought. Such stabilizing of the mind is a practice properly subsumed under the mere category of meditative serenity, so no matter how superior it may be. Uh, Kamala Shila then wrote at length on the good path pleasing to the conquerors. Sejan 
So now the second, so the first point uh, that is made is that Kamala Shila in uh, his text negated this with many scriptural references as well as logic. So he, he didn't just quote things, he used reasoning and logic uh, to, to prove the stance. Uh, the next point goes on to say, nevertheless, so even though Kamala Sheila was able to do this, there were still some who carried on with this incorrect view. Uh, so the next part uh, says, nevertheless, there are still some who continue to do, do just what Hashan did. Uh, so even with Kamala Sheila's presentation of that was clear, uh, stainless reason and, and scriptural quotation, um, there were still some who carried on this tradition and the viewpoint. So it says, because the total decline of the Buddhist teaching is drawing near, because the excellent persons who ascertain with total certainty through scriptures of definitive meaning and stainless reasoning all the key points of the path in their entirety are no more, because the merit of living beings is so minimal, and because there are so many who have little faith in the teaching and feeble intelligence. So it's saying that now, at this time, uh, there's been a total decline in the teaching. Uh, we are in degenerate times where there's a decline in morality uh, and so forth. Uh, so it's saying a total decline of the Buddha's teaching is, is near. So as the Buddha's, uh, the complete decline of the teaching draws uh, closer and closer, uh, there are less and less beings who have uh, the intelligence to ascertain the true meaning of these um, very subtle scriptures. Uh, so uh, it's saying some belittle uh, the deeds that are part of the path, the vows which are to be kept and the like. Uh, so it's saying uh, some make fun of parts of the path, such as keeping the vows, so the individual liberation vows that the monks, uh, fully ordained uh, novice uh, monks and nuns hold, as well as the householder vows. Uh, so they will, are these, the Rimache, the Dumba Keomari, the Sutar Dumba Kuna, 
Kaylin, Sutar, Shansen, Nga, Domba, Kanga, Okay, so here I was saying, uh, asking Rinpoche if this is only referring to individual liberation, and Rinpoche is saying no. <coughs> uh, he's saying that these will, they will point out uh, that all vows, whether they're individual liberation vows, bodhisattva vows, tantric vows, um, all of those fall under the category of vow. Um, so within this uh, uh, group, uh, they would say that, um, uh, th that, that these are unnecessary, that these are part of the path for people who don't really know the truth. Uh, these are for those who, who haven't entered the definitive meaning yet. Um, so they undermine and belittle the deeds of those who are keeping ethical discipline uh, and saying that those are, those are for the lesser types. They have to do that. We don't because we have this higher intelligence. And it's saying that this is going on because of the degenerate times, because of the merit is less in the world and there are less beings who could actually understand this material. So it says, some belittle the deeds that are part of the path, the vows which are to be kept and the like, rejecting them and so forth when they cultivate the path. Others do not accept Hashan's mistaken denial of the factor of method, but assert that his way of understanding the philosophical view is excellent. And still others cast aside discerning wisdom and claim that Hashan's meditation of not thinking is the best. Decent. um, so uh, now we're getting to uh, the part where it speaks about the uh, unsurpassed enlightenment uh, that the, the Buddha achieves. Um, so when we look at um, cessation, uh, there are cessations of the Hinayana and Mahayana vehicles. So we have cessation of hearer and solitary realizer, Shravaka and Prachika Buddha. 
uh, um, these are the uh, Hinayana or lesser vehicle um, um, pathways. So they have their cessations, liberations, their enlightenments. Um, and then there is the Bodhisattva um, vehicle. Um, and the Bodhisattva vehicle is referring to the, the great vehicle, um, the Mahayana. Uh, and, and the um, great vehicle uh, uh, produces what is called unsurpassable enlightenment, uh, the highest enlightenment. Um, so it, it's meaning it's unsurpassable, it's highest, because there isn't this word surpass and unsurpassed. Um, so when we look at compassion, uh, that is surpassable um, because there is great compassion. Uh, but great compassion can't be surpassed because there isn't a greater form of compassion. Um, so the enlightenment that the Buddha has is the greatest form of enlightenment that <coughs> is, it can be achieved. So there is a Hinayana enlightenment, the Shravaka and, and Prachika Buddha enlightenment, um, and then there is the uh, Bodhisattva's enlightenment. So the Bodhisattva's enlightenment, which is the enlightenment which is we call Buddhahood, is unsurpassable enlightenment. It's unsurpassable because there has been a complete removal of the obstructions to omniscience as well as the afflictive obstructions. As a note, the hearers and solitary realizers only remove the afflictive obstructions, not the obstructions to omniscience. So therefore, there are no more things that can be removed, so therefore, it's unsurpassed. So that, that's the meaning of this word uh, when we, we look at surpassed and unsurpassed. Um, uh, it's unsurpassed because there's no, no next step. There is no cessation uh, um, that has a greater cessation um, because there is a cessation of not only the afflictive obstructions but also the obstructions to omniscience. So there's no more to cease. So that's why we call it an unsurpassable cessation uh, the, the Buddha's cessation is an unsurpassable cessation because it has, is a cessation of everything, um, whereas the lesser vehicle cessation is not a cessation of the, the obstructions to omniscience, and therefore the omniscience isn't gained, isn't achieved. Um, so uh, this is the point uh, that's being made here. Is that <coughs> the Buddhahood that we're speaking of achieving here, the enlightenment that we're speaking of achieving here is the enlightenment of a Buddha. So just as a note, there are, and Rimche said it too, there are enlightenments of hearers, solitary realizer, and bodhisattvas. So when we use this word enlightenment, it doesn't always mean Buddhahood. It can mean the nirvana of a Hinayanist as well. Um, that word enlightenment is used for that also. Um, it's just when in English we usually say enlightenment and think we're speaking of Buddhahood, but enlightenment uh, does not always mean Buddhahood, but it means in our context at least nirvana. There is, and just as another translator's note, because there are new people, our school of systems, we don't have an enlightenment that is a lower form that you and I would have. Enlightenment is necessarily either a Hinayanist nirvana or Buddhahood. So we don't have enlightenments that happen along the way in, in this system. Dixon. <laughs> 
So Rimache is now, uh, we're doing a debate. Um, let me just make sure. Uh, so in, in order to achieve, uh, no, there's a lot more. Okay, so to, in order to achieve uh, this unsurpassable enlightenment, the enlightenment of a Buddha, it's necessary to have a union of method and wisdom. It's necessary to have this together, and from this union of method and wisdom, one can have the bodies of the Buddha. Rimache said we find in the Nagarjuna's text, where it says, uh, in dependence upon the collection of, of, of method, we have the form bodies of the enjoyment and emanation of the Buddha, and in dependence upon uh, the collection of wisdom, we have the truth bodies of the Buddha, um, uh, the wisdom uh, body and the, um, the natural body. Uh, so we have uh, these quotations that show how the bodies of the Buddha require uh, method and wisdom. And specifically, when we look at the uh, form bodies of the Buddha, which when we look at what are the form bodies of the Buddha, uh, um, so um, it's a Robokaya, I guess. Um, the form bodies of the Buddha are the Sambokaya and the Nirmanakaya. So this is the enjoyment body uh, and the emanation body. So these are the form bodies, and these are said to be caused by the collection of, uh, of merit. Uh, then when we look at the uh, truth body, uh, which is the omniscience uh, and then the true cessations that the Buddha has. Um, so there's two categories, the one's permanent, one's impermanent. So the omniscience the Buddha has is the Buddha, and then the cessation that the Buddha is abiding in uh, is also uh, this dar dharmakaya. And it's said that this is caused by the collection of exalted wisdom. Um, so it's in dependence upon these collections that these bodies 
uh, are produced. So then we have to analyze this. Uh, we have to say, well, there are direct causes, and then there are cooperating conditions. Um, so, and these are all needed for an arisal to take place. But are we saying, for instance, the subject, the spirit of enlightenment, the subject bodhicitta, uh, is it a direct cause um, for uh, um, the um, uh, the the Shantu Jisem Chu Chen Zuku Okay, so it says is the cause of the so the subject, the spirit of enlightenment. The thesis that's going to be here is is that the spirit of enlightenment causes the um, form body of the Buddha. Okay, so the subject, spirit of enlightenment causes the form body of the Buddha. Okay, so now we're looking at this thesis statement. Rinpoche is debating, so he said, let's slowly do this as a debate. So the subject, um, uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment, or the spirit of enlightenment, is the cause, according to everything we're saying, of the form body of the Buddha. So is it a direct cause, or is it a cooperating condition type cause? So when we look at uh, causes, we have direct and then cooperating condition. So Rinpoche is putting it out there. Would we say it's a direct cause or cooperating condition? Um, so then we went back and forth, and Rinpoche said, I think that what we have to posit is um, that it is a, a cooperating um, condition. Um, so that's where... We're at in the translation at this point. Okay. Diksung Rinpoche. This way. The Cheran Kangala and Kangalasa. What that so now to the Longo the Drugi Jews and Nile in Hedges. There was somebody in Nanda, the Rebu Gabba in Nilent and Hedges in Europe, somewhere with Ruda. And when I say it's not direct cause, uh, um, that's actually another. When you look at causes, there's tons of divisions. It's actually, if you're taking direct, like real detailed notes, is it a substantial cause or a cooperative condition? Chu the 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 ngay the nyelen dang the itseni yure lenchi chichi nyelen dang lenchi chichi or nyelen sen pa dang ngazi mego mego seed the lesso mego tree nyelen maru lesso mego seed the mego tree the lesso is a nyelen lesso then na jin zuku nyelen the kare des lesso longo the zuku nyelen kare. So then we have to think about, okay, so what is a substantial cause and what is a cooperative condition? Um, so a substantial cause, I'm going to define it quickly. I'm not sure if Rinpoche did. If a main producer which is of the type which continues to the substantial effect. So a substantial cause is, for instance, uh, a mango seed. A mango seed produces a mango tree, and so forth. So that is a substantial cause for the mango tree. But in order for the mango tree to happen, there's got to be earth and water and all of these other things that occur that are causes that are required in order for the mango tree to arise. These are considered cooperative conditions. Cooperative conditions are a main producer which is not of the type which continues to its cooperative effect. Um, so... Um, and we, we're always speaking of concordance. Um, so does it carry on concordantly? Um, so anyway, uh, so those are the definitions just as an added so we all know what we're talking about in terms of de de how we define these things. Uh, so now going back, now is the spirit of enlightenment 
that substantial cause for the form body of the Buddha, when we're looking at what a substantial cause is, like a seed that grows into a tree, then the Nyerlen Yin Ayan Mayan, then Tree so if we were to say, posit that which is the substantial cause for the enjoyment body and the emanation body, uh, we would say the subject of bodhisattva. So the substantial cause of the uh, um, enjoyment body and the emanation body is the bodhisattva. So the collection of exalted wisdom and the collection of exalted merit, this collection itself, would be considered a cooperative condition for the arisal. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm asked, so I asked Rinpoche, so now we've posited that um, uh, the subject, um, the spirit of enlightenment, um, is a cooperative condition for the form body. So why? So what's so that's how the debate takes place. So why? So posit why this is. Um, and it is, Rinpoche said, because it's if uh, for something to come into being, there are necessarily two things: a substantial cause and a cooperative condition. There, ha there everything that we look at has a substantial cause, and then there are cooperative conditions. Um, so the reason that we say it is a cooperative condition is that it is a cause. But it is not a substantial cause because it's not a main producer which continues to the substantial effect. Um, so, uh, which is of the type which continues to the substantial effect. Um, so that's, it is a cause, but it's not... A, uh, you could literally just say, um, because it's a cause and it's not a substantial cause. Um, and, and then if it's not a substantial cause and it's a cause, it's necessarily a cooperative condition. So in the consequence school, all you would have to say is because it's not a substantial cause, because you already know that there's, it's either one or the other. Um, Dixon. <laughs> Pama Pugu Nyerlen, Pama Pugu Jigre, Lesso, Ne Pama Buguni Lemaro, Lesso, Buguni Lesh was no Kuru, Badun Malheu Mariba. The younger the Pama Taka the Sukhara Mago tree that's in Dabro, Lesso, Lesso, Yene, the Bardo Gare Badun Majid, Pamil, Pamil, 
Okay, so then uh, the Pama, the Pugo, the Nerland Jew. Pama Pugo, the Nerland Jew. Oh. The Pama, the, okay, Pama Pugo, the Jew. Mother, mother, Pugo, the Jew. Then Nyerland show Bardo. Bardo Bardo Okay. So So then we would say uh, when we look at parents, are the parents the substantial cause of a child or are they the indirect or cooperative condition of the child? We would say parents are the cooperative condition. Uh, of the child. The substantial cause of the child is the intermediate state being that is thrust into the womb of the mother uh, that is then the child that's in the womb of the mother. Um, so it's the intermediate state being that is the substantial cause for that. The cooperating conditions are the parents which cooperated uh, to make that possible. But the direct in substantial cause is that continuum of the intermediate state being coming in. So this is what Buddhists state. This is how we, we what we believe. Christians and Hindus believe that a god has made all of these things. But what would a scientist say? This is who we would we would like to ask a scientist this question. The scientists are such great scholars and have great intelligence. We would be able to ask them questions of like this: uh, Is it a substantial cause or cooperative condition when we're speaking of um, cause and effect relationships in general? So in order to achieve this unsurpassed enlightenment, uh, so unsurpassed enlightenment is referring to cessation. Cessation, unsurpassed enlightenment, is necessarily a permanent phenomena. In order to, uh, for this to occur, this permanent phenomena of unsurpassed enlightenment to occur, there must be a union of method and wisdom that combine in order to bring about this occurrence. So when we look at um, these things, such as uh, the collection of, of merit, the collection of exalted wisdom. And then we look at results in general. We have to say, if they're connected, are they substantial causes or are they cooperating conditions? Decent. <laughs> Tambo Tashi Tashi 
Okay, so we're on page 88 for anyone who's following, third paragraph. Uh, um, did I, anyway, uh, the path of these persons is uh, what it will read. Okay. Shushu 
Okay, so Okay, okay. So when we're speaking in terms of the, um, I apologize if, if anyone's following and writing the um, Jayan Sheba outline at this point. Um, there's I, I, those four. I just I'm not sure um, where where they end. Um, so if I can clarify that at some point, I will. Um, but now we're. Uh, Rinpoche said there's going to be four categories that deal with this unsurpassed enlightenment. So we're in this, this paragraph here, and now we're, we've gotten done with the Hashan view, Rinpoche said. So the Hashan view, um, I'll go back and see where start and stops are, but we finished the Hashan view, and now we move into this unsurpassable enlightenment that requires the union of method and wisdom. And in, in this part, we're going to find four categories, Rinpoche said, beginning with this one. Um, so, in looking at the uh, Buddhist um, 
um, f philosophical views. Uh, there are tenet systems. There are four tenet systems, uh, the Vabhashika, Satrantika, Chittamantra, and, and Madhyamaka. Um, and uh, the, the one that we're dealing with, we're speaking of, is the Madhyamaka, also called the Middle Way School in English. Uh, so the Middle Way School is the tenet system that we're going to be speaking of here, and specifically the Middle Way Consequence School, the Madhyamika Prisangika School. Uh, so uh, when we're saying, uh, when we're speaking of the viewpoint here uh, in context of view, the whole, the, the view that is the overriding view always that we're speaking of is the middle way consequence view uh, itself, which is the highest of all of the views in the tenet systems that Buddhism has. Um, so we're always referring to that view. It says the path of these persons. So here it's saying the path of those who feel uh, or concur with the emptiness that Hashan posits um, is indeed not all in the direction or vicinity of a meditation on emptiness. So it's saying that this view is incorrect. But even if it weren't incorrect, why would it mean that you would then dismiss everything else in the pathway? So if the view of emptiness, the nature of reality is to empty the mind, why would the conventional then just be negated altogether? Uh, why wouldn't it just be a point of view like another system's point of view? Why would it negate everything else that the Buddha taught once this point of view was reached. Uh, so that's what is gonna, the point that's going to be made uh, coming forward. Uh, so it says, uh, it says first that this is an incorrect path. The Hashan view is not right. So it says, the path of these persons is indeed not at all in the direction or vicinity of a meditation on emptiness. So it's negating it being a meditation on emptiness. It's not meditation on emptiness. It's saying, now it'll go on to say what I had said before, but even if it was, but even if you were to allow this, that it is a meditation on emptiness, you would not then go on to say that those with the knowledge that comes from their cultivation of a fault, faultless method of meditation after they have found the unmistaken meaning of emptiness, should meditate on emptiness alone and not cultivate conventional states of mind pertaining to deeds, or alternatively, do not have to strive at those conventional states of mind in a variety of ways, upholding them as the core practice. To say such things contradicts all scriptures and completely flies in the face of reason, for the goal for practitioners of the Mahayana is a non-abiding nirvana. Um, so it's saying that if you take scriptures and you, you look at all of the Kangjur and the Tanjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha and the authentic Indian commentaries, this view of emptiness contradicts the views that are presented in those two categories, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha and the authentic Indian commentaries. Not only does it, is it negated when you look at the traditional texts, but also when you use logic and reasoning, it's negated. So it's not only negated by um, looking at a book, it's negated by thinking as well, by reasoning and, and using logic. So it's saying that such, to say, say such things like uh, that um, even, uh, so, uh, so here the point is, even if this were a real practice on emptiness, why would you disregard everything else? And to say that you would just disregard everything else contradicts everything the Buddha said in Scripture, the authentic Indian commentaries say, and when you think about it yourself and use logic and reasoning, 
you'll come to the same conclusion. Uh, so it's saying for this, uh, and then for this you have to achieve non-abiding and cyclic existence via the wisdom that knows reality, the stages of the path on the ultimate. Um, so when we look at non-abiding nirvana, um, there, this is the goal <laughs> of the Buddha. Um, is not to is so that he or she can then go help sentient beings. So the the goal is to not be bound by cyclic existence nor be bound by nirvana. Uh, so that that is the goal. One is not bound by either. One is not bound by cyclic existence because he or she is a Buddha. One is not bound by nirvana because he or she is a Buddha. Uh, and the Bodhisattva path produced a being that has to go help. So the non-abiding means doesn't stay in nirvana, doesn't just stay there, doesn't just stay and, and, and not leave nirvana. Uh, it's a being who leaves nirvana, um, so doesn't just abide there. Uh, so <coughs> that's what the non-abiding, he's not abiding in cyclic existence and not abiding in nirvana. Okay, Deeksung uh, Rinpoche. This way. ตัวเจ้ากูมาเรื่องเล่าไปยินนะตัวเจ้ากูมาเรื่องเล่าไปยินนะนั่นลงตัวเรียบตั้งเกณฑ์กันเลยสิลูกว่าเลสเซียเด
The pronouncements of Lord Buddha and the Indi authentic Indian commentary uh, do not state that this emptiness is correct. And when you use reason, when you think, when you use reason, think for yourself, uh, you'll see that um, that this is contradictory to the reason. So it's mutually exclusive with reason. Uh, this idea that the emptying of the mind is emptiness. Um, so. Uh, it's not only mutually exclusive with scriptures, it's mutually exclusive with reason. It says for the goal for practitioners of uh, Mahayana is a non-abiding nirvana. So not abiding in uh, peace of nirvana and not abiding in cyclic existence. So one doesn't abide in cyclic existence. Uh, so we'll get to that and I'll explain what Rinpoche said. Uh, for this, you have to achieve non-abiding in cyclic existence via the wisdom that knows reality. The stages of path contingent on the ultimate, the profound path, the collection of sublime wisdom, the so-called factor of wisdom. Uh, so here what this is saying is that um, in order to achieve non-abiding in cyclic existence, you have to have the wisdom realizing emptiness. Once you have the wisdom realizing emptiness, this serves as an opponent to or an antidote to the grasping at true establishment. It is the grasping at things as being truly established which creates the afflictions, which create the karma, which creates cyclic existence. So, by getting rid of the grasping at things as being truly established, one gets rid of cyclic existence. So, that is why the wisdom realizing emptiness, which is the antidote to the grasping at things as being truly established, is what allows one to achieve a non-abiding in cyclic existence. So one doesn't have to abide in cyclic existence because of the wisdom realizing emptiness. And it's the bodhisattva path that makes it so that that being does not abide in nirvana. So it's the, when we say what, what, what keeps the, the Buddha from abiding in nirvana, we would say the bodhisattva path, the bodhisattva. Um, so, non-abiding. The wisdom that knows reality, the stages of the path, contingent on the ultimate, the profound path, the collection of sublime wisdom, the so-called factor of wisdom. You also have to achieve a non-abiding in the peace that is nirvana via the wisdom that understands the diversity of phenomena, the stages of the path contingent on conventional truths, the, path, the vast path, the collection of merit, the so-called factor of method. So just as a translator's note, uh, when we look at uh, what omniscience refers to, um, uh, omniscience refers to that he has a knowledge of reality and diversity. Uh, so reality is referring to f ultimate truth and diversity is referring to conventional truth. Um, so just as a note, when you see this word diversity, it's used quite a bit in scripture. We don't use it ever. But reality is meant uh, to refer to ultimate truth, and diversity is always referring to conventional truth. Um, and when they want to shorten it, they'll say reality and diversity. Uh, and so that's just good to know, um, because it's actually within the definition. Uh, it's in a lot of definitions about the knowledge of reality and diversity is what is omniscience. Uh, so... Um, that was just a translator's note, just because I see this word diversity. Uh, I wanted to make sure everyone knows what it means. Uh, and, and that's it. Um, so just uh, as we get started, there was a quote. Uh, so when we're speaking of what the middle way consequence view is, uh, when we look at the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, uh, it says, 
while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita saw in this way, he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Uh, so when we're speaking about emptiness, and we're speaking about the emptiness of the middle way, um, we find that presented in the, third t the second turning of the wheel, in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. And then uh, before break also, Rinpoche quoted uh, Nagarjuna's uh, Precious Garland, where he cited the collections being causes. Uh, so I just wanted to read that. The form body of a Buddha arises from collected merit. The truth body in brief, O King, arises from collected wisdom. Uh, so before Rinpoche quoted these, and I didn't quote it um, exactly and didn't know if it was the letter to a friend or the Precious Garland, but it's from Precious Garland. Dixon. Okay, so this now will begin the second. Remember we said there were four categories. Uh, the second category will begin page 89 in the English, the, where it says the sutra showing the Tathagata's inconceivable secret. Uh, it's a sutra. So that's where number two will begin. Dixon. Oh, go, okay. So now 
this, uh, this uh, sutra was quoted to show um, that unsurpassable enlightenment requires both method and wisdom. So Hashan didn't believe this. Uh, he didn't believe that this union of method and wisdom was necessary. So he even um, uh, said that he didn't think that this quote was really from the Buddha. So when uh, Kamalashila would bring out quotes from the Buddha to negate what Hashan was saying, Hashan would just say, well, that's not real. That's not a real quote. Even though it was from the canon and, and accurate, and, you know, from the text, uh, he would say that, oh, that's, that's, not, that's not true. Uh, so then, uh, this is one such sutra. The sutra showing the Tathagata's inconceivable secret. So he said, they said to Hashan, <coughs> look, look at this text, the sutra of showing the Tathagata's inconceivable secret. It's very clear in that text that the Buddha states that there's a union of method and wisdom that's needed. Uh, so this is one of the quotes that was used to uh, debate uh, Hashan in that great debate. This is one of the quotes that Kamala Shila used against um, uh, the Chinese abbot Hashan Dison. <laughs> then the Doni Dopi Shera, Punk, the Japa, Gupa, Jupa, the Doni Dopi Shera, the Shera Gumbala Dene, Tolan, Okay, um, so 
Uh, so here we have a quote that then shows that there's a need to be a collection of method and wisdom in order to have unsurpassable enlightenment. So it says, the collection of sublime wisdom eliminates all afflictions. The collection of merit nurtures all living beings. Bhagavan, since this is the case, Mahasattva Bodhisattva should strive for the collection of sublime wisdom uh, and merit. Um, so here it's showing clearly uh, that it's, ne it's necessary to have this union of method and wisdom uh, in order to uh, have complete Buddhahood. Uh, this, the Bodhisattva is the practitioner striving for the Buddhahood. And so that Bodhisattva requires both method uh, and wisdom. So I was asking Rinpoche about uh, the wisdom realizing emptiness, uh, eliminating the, uh, the... So when we look at afflictions and we look at uh, what the Buddha has eliminated. The Buddha has eliminated the obstructions to omniscience. Uh, let me do it the other way. The Buddha has eliminated the afflictive obstructions as well as the obstructions to omniscience. So as a translator's note, the Hinayanist, uh, who's in nirvana, has gotten rid of the afflictive obstructions, but still has those obstructions to omniscience. So what I asked Rinpoche is, it's always said that it's required. Why, why is that? And it's always said because they didn't practice the bodhisattva path. So I was asking then, how does that work out then? Um, because we're talking about wisdom, which the Hinayanas has. Why does that... Um, so to clarify it. So Rinpoche said, when we look at the bodhisattva pathways and we look at the wisdom realizing emptiness, the first wisdom realizing emptiness directly happens at the path of seeing. But it also happens at uh, the path of meditation and so forth. Um, and then no more learning. But what begins at the path of seeing are the bodhisattva levels, the bodhisattva grounds. So the first seven bodhisattva grounds have wisdoms realizing emptiness that get rid of the afflictive obstructions. It's not until the eighth, ninth, and tenth bodhisattva ground that the wisdom realizing emptiness for those bodhisattvas gets rid of the obstructions to omniscience as well. So that's what's missing in the Hinayana pathway. Are they don't have those steps within the Bodhisattva path that gets rid of the um, obstructions to omniscience, that length of time that's needed w around the wisdom realizing emptiness to negate those imprints. So that was my question of curiosity, is that uh, why doesn't wisdom alone do it? Because it's saying wisdom gets rid of all afflictions. Obstructions to omniscience are afflictions. Why do you need method? And it's because it's on that bodhisattva path when the, the time is being taken and method's being created that the grinding out, if you will, of the uh, not only afflictions but the imprints of them takes place. Um, so that's the explanation of that. And this is what Hashan was shown to negate the idea that you don't need both. Digsa. ま、じゃあ、だね。そう。ロンマンボイレ。てんまロンゴドゥドゥ。カンガ。ま、なかんじゅじ。パパナキンドゥレジ。パパナかんじゅドゥ。ドゥジュエドロ。で、ニパ、
Tanya Okay, and I uh, so now then these will all be contained within number two. Uh, it says with the knowledge. Uh, this is a questions of the Sky Treasure Sutra. With the knowledge of wisdom, you completely eliminate all afflictions. With the knowledge of method, you include all living beings. Uh, so my question to Rinpoche was, um, what uh, what is the connection then to method and omniscience. Uh, so the, uh, the connection with method and the abandonment of the obstructions to omniscience. Uh, and he said that the connection is, is will we look at how the six perfections uh, create, um, create a Buddha and are necessary for the creating of a Buddha. Uh, and we see how the six perfections are categorized uh, under either skillful means or wisdom. And we find in the A Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment where Lord Atisha says, to eliminate doubts concerning what is called meth, wisdom and what skillful means, I shall make clear the difference between skillful means and wisdom. Apart from the perfection of wisdom, all virtuous practices such as the perfection of giving are described as skillful means by the victorious ones. Uh, so anything that's not wisdom is necessarily uh, under method when we look at the six perfections. Uh, and uh, um, so then the top, the Lenji Chechen, Rinpoche? No. The Shiji Pong, the top Lenji Chechen? Near Lenji Jew, near Lenji Chechen. The top Lenji Chechen, the top Kari Lenji Chechen. Near Digurumatu, Jill Lenji Chechen, Judan Rebekicharo, the Judan Til then the the top the zuku Longko, the shera the chuku then ta the yeshegi the yeshegi the top mena shiji pakcha pan tugumare. Tugumare. Then jawa garre. The Dutsu Mo, the Garishene, the top 
So it acts as a concomitant. I was, I'm just trying to tie down this idea that it says you can't without method get rid of the obstructions to omniscience, but here it's saying that wisdom gets rid of all afflictions. Obstructions to omniscience are afflictions, so why do you need method? So Rinpoche is saying it's a concomitant. Uh, so they serve as uh, um, uh, a, ca a cause that when all put together, uh, A is produced. So if you're trying to produce A, you need all of these things put together to have it come into being. Um, so the method, it is, Rinpoche said, the wisdom realizing emptiness that gets rid of the obstructions to omniscience. But without bodhicitta, enhancing, Rinpoche said. Somehow the bodhicitta, the spirit of enlightenment, enhances this wisdom realizing emptiness and empowers it to make it get rid of those uh, obstructions to omniscience. Without the enhancement, without this concomitant, without this friend, Rinpoche said, of, of the wisdom realizing emptiness, without bodhicitta being friends with the wisdom realizing emptiness, you would have a hinayana nirvana, which would be the result because you didn't have the concomitant, you didn't have the, the union of that method which somehow fuels this wisdom realizing emptiness in a different way. So that's all I was looking for. I was just trying to get my head around how this method then helps the wisdom. What's this connection? Is it a substantial cause or it is a, a cooperative condition? And uh, Rinpoche tore me apart in many different ways, but we came to this conclusion uh, so it's clarified uh, in that that way. ね、セバンドワね、シャンジュセンバセバンドワ。ね、セバンドワ、ヨンソンセンバね、シャンジュセンビチワンウォス。チワンウォス。タメバ、タシャンジュセンラソバトゥメバ、コアルコアンドワで
Then, uh, okay. So, uh, number two also, utterly, the sutra unraveling the attended meeting, utterly turning away from the welfare of all living beings and utterly turning away from all participation and motivated action. I have not taught these to be unsurpassed perfect enlightenment. Uh, so number three uh, comes from the teachings of uh, Vimala Kirti, uh, and it states at length. Uh, so this is the third category um, of the four. What is bondage for the bodhisattvas, and what is their liberation? Attachment to wandering through cyclic existence without method is bondage for a, a bodhisattva. Uh, proceeding through cyclic existence without method is liberation. Attachment to wandering through cyclic existence without wisdom is bondage for a bodhisattva. Proceeding through cyclic existence with wisdom is liberation. Wisdom that is not imbued with method is bondage. Method imbued, uh, I'm sorry, wisdom imbued with method is liberation. Method not imbued with wisdom is bondage. Method imbued with wisdom is liberation. So here it's very clearly stating that there needs to be a union of method and wisdom. Just method alone is bondage. Just uh, wisdom alone is bondage. Without this union of the two, one is bound. Um, and bound in, to, in different ways. Bound, binding can mean, as a note, can be bound to cyclic existence, could be bound to nirvana. Um, so bondage uh, can mean many things in, in, in the word that's being used here for bondage. It's literally being tied, bound down. Um, so, uh, okay, Dixon, Kanga Losa. Oh, that's so much. Dion? What 
So what is bondage for the Bodhisattva and what is their liberation? Um, so what does it mean to be bound down, tied down for a Bodhisattva? What does it mean to be free? So it says attachment to wandering through cyclic existence without met method is bondage for a Bodhisattva. So without engaging in the collection of, of merit, um, all those things which fall categorically under method, uh, that is what is called bondage. But when one uh, engages in method while in cyclic existence, he or she is heading to liberation, is engaging in those things which free him or her. So uh, it, it is not binding them from cyclic existence, it's freeing them. Um, so engaging uh, in those activities are unbinding them. Um, so then it says, proceeding through cyclic existence with method is liberation. So one is being unbound from cyclic existence by engaging in method. Attachment to wandering through cyclic existence without wisdom is bondage for a bodhisattva. So the bodhisattva who just grasps at things as being truly established is bondage. Proceeding through cyclic existence with wisdom is liberation. Uh, recognizing uh, that things are, are not truly established uh, allows one to get rid of the, the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience. Um, so it's for that reason that uh, one is being unbound uh, by relying on uh, wisdom um, uh, for a bodhisattva. But it's then saying that if the one, or one or the other lacks the other, so if you only have one and not the other, um, then that also is bondage because that doesn't allow one to achieve Buddhahood. One, if one's goal is Buddhahood and one feels they are tied down, meaning they are, uh, and when they're untied, they become a Buddha, that untying that uh, can't happen without a union of method and wisdom. If there's just wisdom, you're still tied down, you're still bound. And uh, I don't know what I just said, if it, I said wisdom or method, but you get the point. If it's just wisdom, you are bound. If it's just method, you are bound. But if you have a union of both, 
that is how you become unbound. So that's the point that's being made here, is that um, just one or the other alone won't unbind you. So it, it, it's not helping the cause. It needs to be united so that uh, one can achieve the unbinding. And unbound here means Buddhahood. Um, it doesn't, it means various levels. Unbound here is referring to complete Buddhahood because it's a Mahayana scripture. Diksa. Shada Selpa. Ta jiba watere jiba. Jiba. Sanjin do bata. Ta shini la tu banas. Sanjin ko mutu bala. Ta shada ni la tu gade. Ta shada ni mena sanjin do kumares. De den tenema tenga du tena. Debu sanjin tu. Debu sanjin do shinji. Lanji tena. Ta na shira. Ta na shira ni chala. Then guji. Yadejimandudes,德布桑杰古木马,土巴门顿,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格马,德格
So you can't say if you get bit by a white dog or it's a bite. If you get bit by a black dog, it's a bite. That has no relevance in this conversation when you say that you need these two components in order to become a Buddha, period. Um, so that just becomes negated by when you say you don't need method. Hashan states you don't need method and wisdom. Uh, he's, he's saying that this idea that a black dog and a white dog biting being the same is irrelevant. It has nothing to do with needing it or not needing it. And that's not a proof that it's not needed. If that, that's what it is. It's not, that's not a proof of that it's not needed. These are the proofs that it's needed. Dixon. Then so then we have a quote from a tantric text, the glorious first and foremost tantra. The perfection of wisdom is the mother. Skill and means is the father. So we find it, method and wisdom being necessary, uh, we did it in the sutra context, and now we're finding it in the tantric context, the context finding the necessity. And then Kashapa su- uh, chapter also says, Kashapa, it is like this. Just as kings informed by ministers perform all royal duties, so too the wisdom of bodhisattvas imbued with skill and means performs all the deeds of a Buddha. Um, so uh, that's uh, imbued with. Um, so that when we, we were asked, I was asking Rinpoche the question before, um, what, what, how does this method help? The wis- wisdom realizing emptiness is imbued with this method. Um, so that's a better way to state it. And that's why it gets rid of the obstructions to omniscience. That's what makes it different than a normal wisdom realizing emptiness. It's imbued with this. So here behind us, uh, we have the Kongjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha uh, and the Tanjur, the authentic Indian commentaries. Uh, they're not... Um, in English, they're in Tibetan, but even still, understanding these texts would be very difficult, and in English, don't have access to them, but even so, understanding them would be very difficult. But what Lama Tsongkhapa has done is really grabbed all of these essential texts and brought them into this one thing we call the Lam Rim, the stages of the path, um, and showed where 
these specific texts are relevant and, and so forth. And we have this in English. That's what Rinpoche is saying. We have this text, this three-volume series in English, even though we don't have these in English, and we don't have, even if we did, really the ability to completely understand them, Lama Tsongkhapa has given us that ability, and, has, and, and the translators have, have then given us the ability to be able to read this material. Um, so that's what Rinpoche is Therefore, Injiking is that's good. Day cheer, Jimba la soapy. Jimba, Jimba, Tajinil, Jimba, Denasa, the Chinta. Tishers的那么用的是的。嗯哼。都都你都不知道了,那我去年就都你都,那我去年就都你都不知道。买一本,都你公司你都不知道。那我去年就都你都不知道,那我去年就都你都不知道。Jenda Shanjuke Tuni 
This emptiness that's being talking of, <coughs> spoken of here is the one that's related, that's imbued, that's always saturating uh, actions. Uh, it's saying it is the one that is not divorced from generosity, that, uh, that is not divorced from ethical discipline, that is not divorced from patience, that is not divorced from joyous perseverance, and that is not divorced from meditative stabilization, that is not divorced from wisdom, that is not divorced from method. Uh, so it, it's saying that, uh, that, it, that this is always present, that this wisdom is present while the generosity, while the ethics, while the patience, uh, while the effort, while the concentration, while the wisdom uh, is taking place, there's always, it's always saturated by this wisdom and likewise. Um, so it's likewise, <coughs> and, and that is not divorced from method. So neither are divorced at ever from one another. So there aren't two separate practices going on. They are united. We're out of time. We will... Oh, I forgot. So when, we, when it says here uh, that you will never reach the Mahayana path, the Mahayana path begins at the path of accumulation. So we have five Mahayana paths. Path of accumulation, path of preparation, path of seeing, path of meditation, path of no more learning. And that's implicitly shown within the mantra. When we look at the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, uh, we look at that sutra. Within it, there's a mantra. It says, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. The first Gate, Teata Om Gate, refers to a path of accumulation. The second Gate refers to the path of preparation. Paragate refers to the path of seeing. Parasamgate refers to the path of meditation. And Bodhisoha, meaning the path of no more learning. And it's saying that you'll never reach those pathways uh, without. Um, understanding this union of method and wisdom. And as a note, the path of accumulation is the spirit of enlightenment, generating the spirit of enlightenment. So that's the first path. Um, so uh, those were the points Rinpoche made. And so this is a different uh, than that of a hearer and a solitary realizer. Um, that, so their, uh, their path that they reach, their enlightenment that they reach, will never be the enlightenment of a Buddha because the spirit of enlightenment isn't present and it's, if the spirit of enlightenment isn't imbued with the emptiness and the emptiness isn't imbued with the spirit of enlightenment, Buddhahood's not possible. Digsung, uh, concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. Thank you, everybody, again for coming. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I've collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak 
upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rimichi Gutsi Shapi Denona.